I am a SMU student majoring in pastoral ministries. And today, I wanted to talk with you about what God has done in my life and how he, God has patiently and persistently pursued me. But first, I'd like to open with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray you give me the strength I need to speak with boldness, to let everybody know the amazing things you have done in my life. I pray you open everybody's hearts and minds to what is going to be said and that you help them to be receptive and just help, help them to see how amazing you are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. To understand what God has done, uh, I need to give you some background of my life. I was born and raised on the south side of Oklahoma City. My mother always took me, my brother and sister to church every time the doors were open. However, my dad never went to church. At home, we were afraid for his of his temper. When I was seven, I was molested by some neighbors. And again, when I was eight, I was bullied at school. And I started getting into trouble. And from a very early age, I learned that I could not trust anybody. The only place I felt safe was my pastor's house, who I called Grandpa. And I can remember actually sneaking out of my bedroom window and running to his house whenever I began to hear the screams of my parents fighting or the sound of a plate shattering against the wall. And I can remember my pastor taking my hand when I was 10 years old and saying, your faith used to be so strong. What happened? And I just shrugged and went on playing. I started smoking cigarettes when I was 12, drinking alcohol and smoking weed when I was 14. And the biggest troublemakers I hung out with were my friends from church. I got arrested for drugs with them when I was only 14 years old. And we often took turns stealing our parents' car and going on joy rides in the middle of the night. The church leaders did not know how to handle us. So I often felt ridiculed and judged, and I ended up quitting church altogether by the time I was 16. After my mom divorced my dad, I began to be raped by a friend that she allowed to stay at our house for a few months. When she began to date, I spiraled out of control, throwing parties whenever she was gone, running away, and placing myself in lots of risky situations. I hated myself, I hated my life, but most of all, I hated God. How could God allow someone to go through all this? I felt like something was missing, so I began searching and began to practice Wicca. When I lost interest in that, I just called myself an atheist. My mother met my stepdad when he was 16 years old, and when I was 16 years old, and they married just before my senior year of high school. It wasn't long after he moved in that the sexual abuse began there. When I graduated, I went to school in Stillwater at Oklahoma State University. And I soon learned that I liked partying more than I liked going to class. So I quit going to class altogether and ended up getting suspended from school. I came home to live with my parents that summer, but I, I didn't want to be there. So eventually, I went apartment shopping in Stillwater, ran into some old friends who were looking for a roommate, 
And we rented a U-Haul that day, went home, got my stuff, and I just took off. I'd even say goodbye to my mom. I started working at a bar when I was 19 years old. And soon I met my ex-fiance. A few months into our relationship, he became paranoid, jealous, and abusive, both mentally and physically. I was with him for almost 18 months before I broke it off. And it was during this time that I first tried methamphetamines. And I quickly became an addict. After my ex, I found myself in toxic relationship after toxic relationship until I moved back into with my parents when I was 22 years old and began working at a small local bar. That is where I met my husband, Jerry, who, who was working as a bouncer. We started hanging out and using drugs together and eventually that began a relationship. A few months later, I found myself pregnant with our oldest son. When our son was two years old, he snuck out of the house and went next door to some neighbors to play on their play equipment. They called DHS and child welfare took, our, took him away and it took us over a year to get him back. Jerry and I managed to stay clean from drugs for about a year until we got our son back. An old friend of my husband's came over and said and offered to smoke with us. And we made the biggest mistake any addict could make. One more time won't hurt. And we fell right back into addiction. Sometime during all this, Jerry shut himself off emotionally from me and our son, convinced that I would leave him for somebody else, somebody younger. After a couple of years of trying and failing to communicate with him, I found myself in the arms of another man. After my infidelity led me to what I would call my rock bottom. I was torn with the decision of whether to leave my husband and it devastated me. I knew that he was a good man, but I just did not understand what he was going through or how our relationship got to this point. One night in February of 2011, after exhausting all of my options, I began to talk to God again. I looked up and said, I always thought you hated me. And immediately, my room filled with such a thickness of his spirit, I couldn't help but ask Jesus into my life. I, I did end up leaving my husband. But not because God proved of my infidelity, that will always be a sin, but because of God's prevenient grace. God knew exactly what steps needed to be taken to get me to where I am at this very moment in time. One day, I got a call from Jerry telling me that he bought me a Bible. A Bible? I don't think he even stepped foot in church yet. Apparently, walking out of that door is what it took for my husband to come to Christ. The man I was staying with ended up kicking me out, and I moved back into the home with Jerry just to be close to our son. I had no intention of reconnecting with him. I lived by a saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And I did not want to be hurt again. However, slowly over time, God began to show me that Jerry was different. He had changed into something greater, and I fell in love with him all over again. It was like God had to demolish the relationship that was built on drugs and sex and rebuild it on top of his son, Jesus. 
the first thing I did was retire from the bar and I quit smoking weed. And I didn't need it anymore. However, I was still an addict, but my habits began to change. I would hang out with my friends and then uh, use drugs and then spend the entire time studying my Bible. They, they did not appreciate that very much. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. I literally began to create signs with my favorite scriptural verses on them and hang them around the house, surrounding myself with God's word. I admittedly have a lot of trust issues. So I began to follow God one scripture at a time. And I would watch him to see if he would follow through on his end and his promises. I began to pray for those who abused me. And eventually, over time, I reached a point of forgiveness. Early in 2012, I was talking with my husband and I caught myself saying that I loved my life. It made me do a double take because I've never before in my life said those words. And he just looked at me and said, it's about time. That summer, I was staying up all night studying my Bible when a vision came to me. I could see myself up on stage of a church, pacing back and forth like an excited evangelist. I shook it off. Nope. Mm. No way. Must be the drugs. But the vision was persistent. And it kept coming back all night long. Finally, I looked up and said, am I? And I felt like God was nodding his head in affirmation. And I said, not preaching, not anything but preaching. (laughs) And I felt like God was calling me to teach. I knew that going into ministry would mean that I would have to get clean and sober. And I knew I couldn't do it alone. It terrified me. So from that moment on, I began to pray for God to deliver me from drugs. After Christmas of 2012, I had been up for several days using when the drugs mixed with some brain swelling that I did not know I had. I became paranoid and delusional, and the cops eventually got cold. They rushed me to St. Anthony's Hospital and found meth in my system. And then child welfare stepped in to try to take away our son again. I believe that this was God's intervention. God's way of answering my prayers. Because the threat of losing our son gave my husband and I the strength to finally quit using drugs. The recovery process was tough. I lost all my friends. I got called a traitor, and my family quit speaking with me. And if it wouldn't have been for Jesus, it would have been so easy to give up. Through my journey, God has taught me that he is faithful. I have found it easier to trust Jesus than anybody else because Jesus has always followed through. He has never let me down. I don't always like his answer, but God is always there. During my recovery, I clung to Jesus for dear life. The Holy Spirit taught me to listen to his voice 
And I made the decision to follow him with everything I had, even if the world thought I was insane. My recovery verse was James 1, verses 2 through 4. My brothers and sisters, when you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. I didn't want to lack a thing. Through my recovery, God was teaching me to lean on him. And I wanted everything that he had, so I surrounded myself with him completely. I had to relearn how to do everything God's way. Like learning, like an infant learning how to walk. And my behavior began to slowly reflect Jesus more and more. Now, I'm a senior pastoral ministry student at SNU, and I intern at Celebrate Recovery in Two Lakes Community Church. I am one semester away from graduation. I also work for the Mental Health Association, using my story to demonstrate to others who are suffering that recovery is possible. I believe that God is calling me into prison and recovery ministry to help my people, to love them, and to show them the transformative power of Christ. When I look back at my life, the scripture that comes to my mind is Romans 8, 37 through 39, which says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can ever stop God's love. Not the abuse I endured, not the drugs I used, not even myself. Trust me, I tried as hard as I could to stay away from God. But I couldn't stop his love. God never stopped loving me, regardless of what I did or where I went. I believe this is where people get it wrong. Thinking that we have gone beyond the point of forgiveness. That God's love has stipulations, and that at some point, Jesus won't accept us anymore. Why do we feel that way? Because that's been our experience with people. A lot of times relationships have with people become transactional. They'll do this for us if we do this for them. And when we no longer have anything to offer, we get hurt because we look around and no one is there. All of us have been hurt by the judgment of others. And some of us have been hurt by the church. But that's not God. There's nothing we can do to make God love us any more than he does right now. And there's nothing we can do to make him love us any less either. After I came to Christ, I tried to run from my past. I wanted to move as far away as possible. Somewhere where nobody knew who I was or what I used to do. But I felt God say to me, how can people know how far you've come if they don't know where you've began. He lovingly and patiently pursued me until I was finally willing to listen. That's the key. We need to be willing to listen. 
God's love was always there, but like a little child ignoring their parents, I thought I knew what was best for me. The, then, when things didn't go my way, I threw a tantrum. I started acting out and refused to talk to or even look at God. Do you have any kids? You probably know what I'm talking about. You ask them to do one little thing and they refuse. So you sit there and you let them have their little tantrum. Have you ever heard yourself say, the only one stopping you from having fun is yourself? We're the ones that are stopping ourselves from the joy and the peace that comes with the grace of God. God is incredible. He patiently pursued me. He goes before me and prepares my way. I'm still not perfect, and I will never be. I still feel like I'm a mess most of the time. And God is constantly having to remind me that I'm not doing this alone. When I get overwhelmed and scared, I pray, and God reminds me that he is holding me. Nothing can take me from his hands. It's exciting. My journey with Christ has been like a ride. I never know for sure what God's going to do. All I know is that if I'm doing my best to follow him, he will take care of me. He does not fit into a box that our minds can figure out. The Lord once said to Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We are finite beings trying to use finite language to explain an infinite God. We need to just trust that God is God and that we are not. I am so grateful that the Lord doesn't work out, that the Lord doesn't work inside the realm of everybody else's expectations. If he did, I would have been in a whole lot of trouble. He came to me as an addict, saved me, sanctified me, and even called me into ministry before I was ever even clean from drugs. I changed because God loved me first before he ever even suggested that I change. And now, I'm standing before you, you, 10 years clean and sober, transformed by the amazing grace of God and addicted to his love and his grace. God takes our weaknesses and turns them into strengths. He can take our pain and use it to further his kingdom. We just need to be willing to let him. Are you holding anything back from God? I urge you to trust him in every, uh, every area of your life, even the painful ones. If there's any area in your life that you need to surrender, I pray that you give that to him tonight. And I'll now turn it back over to Pastor Jonathan.